You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We are back with the latest episode of the Odds and End Zones podcast here on the great Finger Nation Radio Network. I'm Seamus Clancy. I'm joined my host, Zoe. What's up, my man? What's up, bro? Uh, kind of a... A hectic week in Philadelphia sports. I think somehow same, same the Eagles are probably really happy that Sixers season started because in the past, remember, like when I was in high school and you were younger, that the Phillies and the Eagles had this pseudo rivalry where mm-hmm. they were both really good at the same time from like mm-hmm. 2008 to 2010. And they would continuously try to one up each other. And the headlines and quote unquote steal the thunder in the city, whether it's a baseball yep. town or it's a football town. And right now, the Eagles are in a situation where they probably want to deflect some of the attention from them sitting at two and four right now. And lo and behold, especially on the 10 day, uh, 10 day break after playing on the Thursday night game, you yep. think there'd be tons of time to talk about how poorly the Eagles are performing and Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts and defense, all of those things. But they've been gifted. From across the street in the Philadelphia, South Philadelphia sports complex, Ben Simmons, uh, unprecedented situation for Philadelphia sports. People talk about T.O. Terrell Owens uh, had like 112 receiving yards in the Super Bowl on a broken ankle. Ben Simmons has never made it out of the second round. And you have Eric Lindros. Eric Lindros had played in the Stanley Cup final before. And the situation there where Tia wanted a new deal and he probably deserved it. And Lindros had really a guy who was before his time with concussions. Whereas now, obviously peep fans are pretty terrible to them, to him. then. if you look at the situation now, it'd be more comparable to like Andrew Luck. But if Andrew Luck had played in the Super Bowl and not just had some of those banged up injuries, but a multitude of concussions specifically, you have Ben who's making, well, like his cap hit, whatever you want to say, is $33 million this year. Uh, had one of the biggest no-shows as a part of one of the biggest collapses in Philadelphia sports history against the Hawks in the second round. Doesn't want to be here. He's sitting out. Everyone's mad. Daryl Morey's sitting on his hand, waiting, letting Ben rot in his little video game, Simon, Simo the Sav. Simo the Savage. Let's get Simo it. Simo the Savage. Shamo the Savage and Zoe on the pod right now. And... I know this isn't a Sixers podcast, but it does relate to the, the, the Eagles and Philadelphia sports culture at large because then at Eagles practice today, you have Jason Kelsey. And Jason Kelsey wasn't asked a question about Ben Simmons. Yes, all the headlines and the stuff you're going to see on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook are Kelsey talking about Simmons specifically. And I think it shines such a poor light on Simmons that Kelsey wasn't asked directly on about him, but he just called a wild stray. Because Jason Kelsey's asked a question about accountability, and he's really upfront about it. Like obviously, the Eagles aren't playing well. They need to be held accountable for playing poorly through six weeks of the season. And Kelsey's talking about being 
accountable. And he says, then he goes, just, just goes on Simmons for some reason, because it's on the tip of everyone's tongue in the city. Even this team across the street can't help but talk about it. And that's, a, from, that's an important note too. Um, yeah. That people think, I think a lot of people think that he was specifically asked, what do you think of what's going on with Ben Simmons? No. So I did see a lot of those tweets, but he was not asked. Hey, like what what's up with Simmons and the Sixers? Like that was he was just asked about accountability on his team on uh, that he's on currently to not what do you think about the Sixers? So I I it's definitely a testament to um you know what's the topic in this city, man. Like I mean, I'm I was I saw a couple people saying that they were at the Flyers game last night and it was more, you know, expletive Ben Simmons um, you know, chairs that broke out. So like where when did you ever remember a time in the city where there was so much vitriol against one of our own or one who's supposed to be our own? How ticked off do you have to be to be on another team in the city? And usually I would assume the players on the teams in different cities, specifically in Philadelphia, stay very friendly. They know, mm-hmm. you know, they know the deal, the dog mm-hmm. and pony show kind of. You, you know, an Eagles player, you go to a Sixers game. If you're a Phillies player, you go to an Eagles game, that type of stuff. And sharing the publicity a little bit. But for a guy who is legitimately, literally a Super Bowl hero, not just saying like uh, Mac Holmes is a Super Bowl hero just because he was on that team. Jason Kelsey will go down as one of the most memorable figures and one of the best players in the history of Philadelphia sports. Mm-hmm. And he's just asked about accountability on his team, a team that he's a captain of, a team that – he might be the best player on right now, even though it's not performing super well. And the only thing he can think of when he's heard about accountability is because Ben Simmons, because I'm sure he and every other player that's a true winning accountable player can just not stop thinking about this guy who just doesn't get it. Now, Kelsey, he's talking about accountability. This is quotes. He gets on to Simmons. Says, you fix some free throws. You're getting better as a player. None of this ha- is happening. Everyone can be and complain, not the word be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. About how tough the city is to play in. Just play better, man. The city will love you. And that was from Jeff Skaversky of 6ABC's Twitter. And then there's a follow-up from Jason. And this is via Tim McManus of ESPN's Twitter. There, There's a lot of people say that say this is a hard place to play in. I think it's pretty effing easy, to be honest with you. Pretty effing easy. It's so easy. It, it's so easy. And that 2017 Eagles team, that, that's a team of guys who just got it. And obviously, yeah. they don't win the Super Bowl just because they got it. All those guys happen to be great players. But it's a situation like good players don't have a problem playing here. Bad players have a problem playing here. Do you think Jalen right. Rager likes playing here? Probably not. Do you think Lane Johnson likes playing here? Yeah, right. because he can take it and he understands it. And he knows that if he goes out and performs, he's going to have the city by in the palm of his hands. Look at look at a guy that literally just left. Look at Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz had tears in his eyes, and he said this was home. He's a West Coast guy, and they said you're finally going home, and he said no, Philadelphia fan. Like that's a guy who, for the past couple of years, took some very pointed criticisms about his decline in play yeah. and production, and still held held accountable and said this will forever be home. I love it here. You know, so on and so forth, like guys that get it. And then, you know, even in a Sixers sense, like one of the greatest six of all time, probably top three, Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson to this day always said the first thing those fans did was they they took to my playing style. I played hard. 
They had to hide his uniform when he was hurt because they didn't want him playing. You know, a guy who came out every single night and said, I'm giving it 110%. And what did the fans do? They gave him 110% through his on the court, off the court troubles. He always had his back, right or wrong. I got fast forward to the day. You're all indeed. Same thing. He gives it 110%. You know, we, we love him, we cheer for him, we want so much for him. And that's what I think really is, I think that's what hurts a lot of people who have, since Ben came into this league, really, really, really championed his cause. Um, I think that you're seeing a lot of people who, even up until last playoffs, up until game seven, were very much, you know, ben, Ben's going to turn around, Ben's the key. You know, et cetera, et cetera, who are just finished with them. And I think what that is, is it's a product of people being hurt and let down. You know, like they saw that game seven performance, which I think, so I think, Grant, another thing that we should also know for the national heads out there who are saying, you know, imagine having one bad game and, you know, your, your running mate, blah, 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 and your coach, blah, blah, blah. This, <laughs> Welcome to Philadelphia. One, this is not the this is not the product of one game. This is the culmination of four years. Like well, Embiid's have bad playoff games. Do you know what I mean? Like, thank you. Even even that series, but it's not right. about the one game, that one moment. It's the the buildup of four years of frustration. Remember, I mean, people people forget they were playing Hack of Ben in the Wizards series. The Wizards games were four hours long because they played Hack of Ben. And with, they, like, didn't, they didn't even sweep like they should have. Right. Like, and that's just last year. You want to go the year before that? That was the bubble year. He hurts me. Doesn't count. Two years before that, like every summer, the famous General Bryan quote where he asked Brett Brown, what's Ben Simmons got to get at? Ben Simmons is going to get us all fired because he hasn't improved. Like now that stuff comes to light and it's like, before it was like, mm, you know, maybe just a previous coaching staff, whatever. You know, Doc and Doc and company were getting right, and now we're like, oh man, like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Um, and Doc's coached some personalities. He's coached KG, Pierce, and Rondo, and Allen, all yeah. big personalities. Even if some seem more under the radar, right. Ray Allen definitely has a big personality. Do you know what I mean? Right. Just because he's a little bit quiet on the court, not a trash talker. Kevin Garnett, maybe the most personality of anyone who's walked this earth. Right. And then you get into LA, CP3, Blake Griffin. Those guys have egos behind them. And yeah, then you Kawhi. get to yeah, Kawhi. And some of those teams didn't have championship success like he did in Boston, but they were a lot better than these Sixers teams. And then he comes here, and this is the most throw your hands up in the air situation ever. Like I, I don't, I don't get it. And I think they went the pampering route, which sometimes people really need uh, positive reinforcement. Sometimes, and and as for normal people, that's that's a thing. Probably both of us have needed that at different times. Yep. But uh, this this organization has been at every turn to accommodate him, and all season, Doc Rivers. That's the thing. Oh, Doc Rivers throws him under the bus all season, and even including the playoffs right before that last game. Doc is doing nothing but praising Ben, saying, if you can't see what Ben Simmons does, you're blind, you're not a real booper, you know, all that stuff. 
And he's saying you don't see the stuff he does, this and that. And he's obviously lying. We should be proud to have him. Remember, we should be we should we should be proud to have him. We should be excited for what he does. And, and, and you know, if you're just looking for him to shoot jump shots, anyway. This isn't some labor ownership thing. Right. And it does. I mean, Simmons is is way more of a uh, unprecedented and agonizing, infuriating situation. But obviously does have parallels because this is an Eagles podcast with the Carson Wentz situation. Now, as I'm sure we could both agree, Carson Wentz, an integral part, the Super Bowl team, if they don't do that trade off for him, he doesn't play well right. for the first 13 game season. Right. They don't want a Super Bowl with him. Like, infinitely more will have a legacy in Philadelphia than Ben Simmons. Right. Absolutely. But, but you do see that situation where two respective organizations so scared of not having a quote unquote franchise player that, that do literally everything in their power to give that player power. And they've relinquished that control. And I'm not saying that ownership should have control. Or over players or something like that, but the situation where they're maybe invigorating the wrong player and when they're not performing like the player, they're building up to them to be not just in terms of fan or media response, but within the organizational hierarchy. When Carson Wentz is the lead decision maker in your in your franchise, right. when he wasn't the guy on the Super Bowl, who was a guy that was stealth benched in 2018, a guy who was you know, the 30th, whatever best quarterback in 2020, it's a little different. And then you saw that last summer with Ben where it seemed like they were going to go more of the clutch sports way with the coaching hire, some other players around them on the roster, stuff like yep. that. Well, um, you know, you can take it two summers back if you want. And, you know, what's the reason they got rid of Jimmy Butler? Brett Brown. You know, everybody. <laughs> you know what, an apology is Brett Brown. Um, this is a, yeah, I'm not throwing shade at Brett, like, yeah, no, I mean, but it wasn't Brad. Right, but that right. So it was what what the the cloak and dagger was. Oh, it was Brett. Brett didn't want to coach a personality like him, and, and you know, it turns out um, that it was because uh, twenty five needed the ball in his hand. He didn't want to play with such a uh, such a prominent figure, you know, on the court and in the locker room. And I think it all came to light again. And in these comments, uh, what, two weeks ago, when he said, you know, we got rid of Jimmy, which I thought was a terrible decision. I mean, that's a whole other, it's a whole other pie, but your star player saying you shouldn't have gotten rid of a guy two years ago who got you to where you were within, you know, five more minutes of the Eastern Conference Finals is such a terrible look. And it goes back to your point about coddling and you know, when is enough enough? You know, how much coddling is enough? You know, how much, when, when do you draw a line for a guy? Like we, we, we've seen, we've heard stories like the Brett, you know, threatening to, to bench Ben if he, if he continues to refuse to shoot jump shots. We haven't heard any of that from Doc. You know, we've seen how Doc treats it um, and turned out to be, uh, you know, way lighter than that. And I, I think that what you're seeing is a guy who has stayed true to his, you know, his pre-draft and his college, you know, kind of uh, personality. You know, Jonathan Gibney from Draft Express um, reposted and he's been going yeah, around circulating, going viral. Yeah, now, yeah. Um, you know, because his his infamous now, you know, um, stock and read on Simmons before the draft was 
he was lazy and he was kind of he was a guy who was content basically with what his skill set already was. And in big games, he came up really short. Um, but <laughs> What was that four or five years ago now? Yeah, twenty six. That's twenty sixteen. We're sitting here five years later, saying the exact same thing. Saying the talents too tantalizing to pass on. The skills are there. Imagine putting Jason Kelsey's heart and Ben Simmons. Imagine putting Allen Iverson's, Joel Embiid's. Well, then we're then we're a player man. of that we're physical champions. talent. We're, we're champions. So you, if, if you you give them you give them that kind of transformation, we won the championship last year. And I think back to that Raptor series. Imagine you're Joe and you're going to war for seven games against the eventual champs and a guy in Kawhi who is having one of the greatest postseasons of all time. And you go to war for seven games and you lose and you're kind of mad at one guy and you're kind of happy you went through it with the other dude saying, that was something, but yeah. next year I'll be something even better. And then that guy has to go because it's between those two guys. Like, how did he even muster enough energy to care to last two years to be playing with him? Talk yeah. about, you know, having a bad day with your coworker. Yeah. He's had two bad years with the coworker on the flip side with Embiid. That's, that's, that's a very interesting point. And it's one that um, I, I, I thought I've been thinking about a lot recently is how much has Joe been kind of suppressing, you know, and how much, how, how many stories do we not know? And I'm sure yeah. many more will come out. Um, you know, once a trade is finalized, and but I, I think that um, where there's smoke, there's certainly fire, and, and so you know, we got to give semi props to, to Elton Brand and whatever that front office was for keeping a lot of that smoke, you know, under wraps for the past two years, whatever. Because I, I feel like there's been a lot behind the scenes that, as much as we know now, I'm sure there's a lot more that we haven't found out, but we're gonna. We're going to eventually uncover as the as the days and the weeks go by. And the story, it's funny because every day, you know, we get up and we're like, I don't want to hear that story about him. I don't want that update. But we we get another piece of the puzzle, and it becomes even weirder that you're like, why? Right. And like, so like tomorrow, honestly, I'm ready to wake up and and hear something new. Like, I I personally don't think that he will play another game for the Sixers. No. Uh, I know uh, more even on sports radio today, you know, gave his uh, passion. Another just unprecedented thing where yeah. the GM of a team goes on the radio for a half hour talking about yeah. whether he's going to trade a player or not that's under yeah. contract. Like, I, it's not, but like at the same time, it was like, is this like a CBA violation? Do you know what I mean? Like, not yeah. even that the league would care, but it just felt like yeah. this doesn't happen. Is it like uh, illegal in terms of the, the sports world? Yeah, so I did like it's uh, like reverse tampering. I do think that there's going to be a lot of the, the, the league is going to definitely look at this entire week with a lot of scrutiny. Um, but I think it's also it, it's funny because I, I a lot of people said the same thing. Shout out to our guy Rich Hoffman, uh, AVG, um, who said you know that it was definitely more. He said the same things that. Maybe can reduce from you know what what the national and local folks have been saying about yeah. you know holding on to him and not trading him for just a bunch of junk to make you know make into some service pieces so on and so forth. But Tim was also not the most normal GM interview. 
And I think it speaks to this entire process. Like this process itself hasn't been normal. This is a normal circumstance. Like you never have a guy with four years remaining on a max bill say, get me out of here. And like, it's, it's just wild. It's, it's wild to even think about and conceptualize. And even at the end of, at the end of game seven, when we all were like, something's gotta change, things gotta happen. The most I thought they would do, to be perfectly honest with you, I thought they would really look hard at upgrading Tobias. Um, I think they still might, but that's, that's I don't know anything. Yeah, I feel like uh, trade Ben, not, not for expiring contracts, but for other pieces that, are, that aren't one contract worth 33 million, and then you have uh, Tobias trade somehow, and you're taking on, maybe throwing a pick in there, and then somehow in summer 2023 you have a, your max caps lock or something right so like yeah so like that's a so it's a very that might be honestly i think the way they're gonna have to approach it i don't think um you know this week dan willard came out so that he's not really important you know again and guys guys lie all the time so that i take i take him at his word but i also i'm not sure how much he'd want to um you feeling that way if they were 20 and 30 or something like that but um i do think that there's going to come a time where he's going to have to look at how much am i how much am i helping or hurting the our, our current cause it's like because if it's all about that's this year i don't think that's the proper way to approach this i think you need to look at reloading the cupboard and also getting some serviceable pieces, right? So like if you're not getting game there this year, if you're sold on that, then yeah, maybe it does take two and three instead of one move to get to where you think you need to be. Right. So maybe you yeah. you know, maybe the first is obviously the Ben moves and you get a ton of picks and maybe two or three guys. And then the next move you do look to upgrade you know, maybe Tobias, and maybe you do look to add shaping there so you can get maybe one more guy. And then, and you see where you are at that point. Like, there's no, no one saying you have to make just one move to win the championship. Like, you can make multiple moves and plug and play. Like, the, the, the Bucks didn't do just one thing. They, they traded Drew Holiday, traded for Drew Holiday, excuse me, and then they went up and they got a couple other pieces to plug and play yeah. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. I think back to what you were saying with the stories that have been coming out um, and even the lack of stories, as much as there's stories about the Sixers nonstop, there could have been even more things coming out during that yeah. Butler departure era that, that time. And I think to the way there were so many leaks with stories and for Philly voice, that guy, Joe Santacleto, who yeah. I, along with a lot of people berated on Twitter and ended yeah. up being the guy who was right. And us fans kind of having some yoke on our face with a lot of stories about Wentz's lack of accountability. Around, yeah. Again, Ben, Ben and, and Carson aren't necessarily the same situation on apples to apples, but again, it's an, an Eagles podcast and some Philly sports focus here. So it's, it warrants mentioning. And, the same way we've gotten a bunch of Carson stories, but we and we had another big, you know, expose from the athletic from Z Berm and Bo Wolf and and Shield this past offseason about a lot of stuff going on in the organization after Carson left. And it still remains, still feels like we haven't got the true full Wentz expose. And we might not get that for another handful of years till, you know, Roseman's out of power or, you know, Wentz is on a different team or out of the league or, or something like that. Or Frank Reich's moved on, Doug Peterson somewhere else, stuff like that. And I can only imagine the timetable when we get the definitive Ben Simmons, you know, Sixers era expose. Yeah. Maybe Tyler Times is writing it. Right. <laughs> he's, he's doing the book. Yeah, um, yeah. It could be in a while because he, he, this could be going on for four years, apparently. So apparently it'd be a nice uh, years, yeah. 2037 book from Tyler. <laughs> I want to say it might be. At, at this rate, according to Maury's comments, that might be Tyler's next book or his first one. Um, it could be his third funny. at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's interesting, too, you mentioned that because uh, one of the things in that, that first Philly Bush article um, from our guy, Billy S., was about the locker room. Remember about like, how the locker room was divided yeah. and like, guys like, you either like either like them or you didn't like them. I mean, like, you're a full like guy. You're right. A guy. Right, right. And, and you like, saw that with Hertz this in 2020. Yep, yep. And I think that the the, the parallels where the parallels I think in is I'm not quite sure how many friends Ben has in that locker room. I don't. I don't yeah. think there are Ben guys. Right. So like, right. That's there's no, like, there's like, no Joe guys versus Ben guys. It's yeah, just, like you go in that room, just so players I, on the Sixers and then him. That's it. Right. So like, <laughs> even 
like the it's so funny because even the little little subtle you can even pick it up in their interviews how Joe was saying like oh like what you know previous years on the road I would just go in my hotel room and play video games. Yeah, we go out to dinner, you know, and like I want to talk to guys and like I'm you know, he's doing everything that you would expect of a guy who realizes that this is a time of unity for his team. And like the questions about the Sixers have nothing to do with regular season. Right? Which which sucks about this Sixers season is none of us care about what they do these first 82 games. Only thing that matters to us is the playoffs. We've we've been so burnt, so hurt (laughs) by by a proverbial four, fifth, and now one seed that I I literally don't care what happens until we get to the second round of playoffs and we win a second round series. So I think what we're seeing is a guy who realizes that the big picture is I got to have these guys right for April, May, and June. So like that starts now. That work starts now. You can't go, you can't start having team dinners in February. Like that's got to start right now. Like you got to get Maxie next to you at dinner time right now. You know, like you got to have Isaiah Joe in your hotel room chilling, talking right now. Like that kind of stuff is what I think that he's been called upon to do and he's doing because they're realizing that the other elder statesmen on this team, the in some in some people's minds, the second most founded player on this team is not going to be here. So yeah. you know you're gonna to have to pick up an extra load and that also includes getting these young guys right to contribute when it comes to time. Wow, it's a, it's a it's such an interesting dynamic. But I think I'm I'm excited for it. But it's such an interesting dynamic. What's going on right now in South Philly? JJ Redick was on his pod uh, a few weeks ago, and he was talking about his time in Philly. And I guess there was relevant discussions for why yeah. he was doing that. And he, I don't know who he's talking to or whatever. He has that three old old men in the yeah, three, whatever that three, weirdo. Yeah. Weirdo podcast. Uh, Weasel of the Week, J.J. Reddick and Malcolm Gladwell. And anyway, he's talking about chemistry in Philadelphia. Again, wonder why. And he's saying, when I was there, and I'm speaking as J.J., we would try to organize a lot of team activities, you know, dinners, stuff like that, to try to get us together because, you know, the talent was there, the, the success, the playoff success. And there was one guy who didn't really want to go out to the dinners. And he's, he didn't say who. Uh, he didn't want to say who it was. But I, I'm sure you can guess who the one guy who wasn't really into doing all that stuff. And I'll say it wasn't Perka. Ding, ding, ding. Right. It was right. The guy at, least, at least Wentz could have a bunch of guys going to, you know, go like work with him in North Dakota in the summer or go to South yeah. Jersey and hunt kill like 30 goose in it oh, right or like in they a, go in an afternoon dudes like duck hunts or something like yeah at least they did that him like, and fletcher cox are duck hunting at least <laughs> he's, you know he has jordan matthews and you know nelson aguilar working out with him in north dakota during the summer that's something that was like, like come on, man. The, the whole team didn't like, hate him that way or he wasn't like, that like much of a zero yeah well i think so i, I think the they didn't hate him in the I don't want to chill with him way, 
I think it's, I think some guys were like, he's just not my cup of tea, but it's yeah. cool that he's reaching out to hang out. Like, you know, I may yeah. go on Duck Hunt with him, but like, sure, I'll go to South Dakota. Like, let's go hang out, whatever. But I think that the way, I think a lot of people were turned off by his leadership style or lack thereof. Yeah. Like, he, he didn't really strike in, he wasn't really a guy, who, he's not a rah rah guy, a guy who's gonna say, let's go in and get it done, and, you know. Blah blah blah. A little hokey, a little little hokey. Not right. Just, you know, right. Tom Brady fire or yeah. Nick yeah. Foles cool. Even a guy who is kind of a dork, but yeah, uh, different energy. Not that one we can really speak to, but it seems everyone, even from his time here, did with the chip era. That uh, when the chips were down, when it was a high leverage situation, he was just you right. know, acted differently. We can't. We, neither of us are in the huddle, right? But you can yeah. imagine the huddle was a lot different when Foles was on that Super Bowl drive. Where Foles was in that drive at the end of the double doink game right. than it was when you know they're down fourteen of the Cowboys in the third quarter and Wentz is kind of you know shaking in his boots or whatever kind of cliche you want to use there. Yeah, you get the you get the feeling that uh, that Wentz is not the guy to uh, run into the Bears end zone and scream, "I own you!" to the crowd. You know, like you <laughs> could you imagine him doing that in Dallas? <laughs> I wish they got, he, he'd still be here. If he did be here. Yeah, if he was doing that in Dallas, he'd already have, he'd have a statue right next to the Foles one. I know he, they're, they're moving the Foles statue statue further and further away. <laughs> so now it's outside the the head house area. Oh my gosh! By the time he, the Eagles are on like their fourth head coach in Stug, it's going to be all the way at the art museum. Right. By the time like by the time Ben traded and by the time uh, the Braves on their fourth coach, it'll be in Miller Street. Right. <laughs> All right. Do you want to do Eagles lines real quick? I, I think yeah. it opened at three and a half, and then it's three. Yeah. Now. I'm looking now. We can just finish up with the line. You know, it's now the Eagles are plus three. I, I listen. I like. I don't hate that. Uh, I don't hate it either. I mean, if you if you were able to get it at plus three, that's really nice. Uh, I'm probably not taking it at plus three, and I don't really know what the props right now. Um, Hurts is all again. It feels like a situation. Yes, we love doing the same game parlays. Yeah, and I'm not necessarily in a position where I don't think there's any player on the Eagles. I want to hitch my wagon to for props. Maybe Dallas Goddard. Let's see what he's cooking with because Hurts is out. Yeah, he's going to get back. And he's back and he is. He's been activated. We have. Uh, well, he's not on receiving yards on DraftKings, and he's not on receptions. So. Probably closer yet, to game time, they'll have stuff, but not as of this recording. This is just, recording ten o'clock um, Thursday night for reference. And for um, I guess for for everyone who's gonna listen to this while they're doing their parlays tomorrow and, and Saturday, whatever, um, that Raiders defense will let up some points. They're like I think they're nineteenth, so they're they let up like twenty two points a game, maybe two hundred fifty passing yards. 130 rushing yards. Like I, whatever it is, they're like two spots above the Eagles in defensive ranking. So it's they're gonna have, they're gonna have the opportunity to score. Sure. If there if you can grab a team total over 20 and a half or 21 and a half, something like that, if that's available, I'd be into that. This one, I, I could see I could see a 24-27 or not 24-27 game, but them scoring 24-27 points. Oh, whether yeah, that's easy. a win remains to be seen. Uh, even if it's a little bit backdoory, like it has been uh, yeah. in the last couple of losses. It's going to be, it's definitely going to be, um, I mean, you can describe your own fun. I, I don't think it's going to be short 
of fireworks though, because Cora likes to sling that bad boy around, and you know, gonna have some Eagles fans there for sure. It's definitely gonna be some birds fans there. A nice contingent hitting out. You know, we travel well anyway, but especially to a place like Vegas, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a really really cool atmosphere. That stadium is awesome. So my um, my aunt and uncle uh, went out two weeks ago, and, and uh, they sent pictures to our family group chat. Wow, I, I highly recommend everybody taking a trip out. If you go out to Vegas, taking a trip out and see it, it's insane. Um, you got that scoreboard on the uh, yeah on the, the highway now. Seems, on the, I, don't, I don't think that would play well here on ninety five driving by the way. <laughs> Dude, we, listen, we don't even like to drive without the scoreboard on the side of the stadium. Can you imagine if it was? How many people would think drive by that and like give it the finger on a daily basis? Not going by percent, hundreds. It has to be in the hundreds, right? Can you imagine the faint Hoagie truck just like stuck <laughs> on that? Where uh, Elon driving back and forth. <laughs> yeah. His videos kill me every time. Like especially, you could see that he's on ninety five, and you're just he's waiting like, in the background <laughs> for this to see the stadium. It never gets old. No, that's great. All right, we'll wrap that up, right? Yeah. If you got the Eagles at plus three and a half, or you see that on a different book. That was on DraftKings right now. It could change before the game. It could yeah. change by the time this is uploaded. Hopefully yeah. you're listening to this on Friday. Ideally, you could get this up. But kind of staying away from the Eagles props, maybe evaluate some Dallas Goddard situations day of. You know, he's going to see, yes, he's coming off COVID, and certainly he could have some ramifications for him. Uh, but with Ertz out, he's going to see even more targets. And not that the Eagles have been targeting the middle field well. I think Jalen Hurts is literally uh, 33rd among all – out of 33 quarterbacks on throws in the middle of the field with 2.98%, which is not great. Not great. And, not great. And, but you should see some, I could see on those little rollouts or when he gets in yeah. trouble and the tight ends rolling to the side, uh, you know, maybe he's getting a couple of six, seven yard gains, yeah. even on the first couple of drives and, you know, got her boosting the stock there. So not really any big plays, maybe a team total over 20 and a half, 21 and a half. You could see that somewhere. Take and that. perhaps, you know, a couple drinks in you on Sunday doing yeah. a little Goddard play. Yeah, That's it. It's going to be a nice, nice, uh, nice 60 degree day. Yeah, first four o'clock game of the year? Yeah, it's first one. Okay. So so can uh, relax for the first game. So, not, you're still tense about the game, but like you're still in. Like for me, sometimes if the Eagles lose, I go way out of football mode immediately. Like I yeah. can't even watch the four o'clock games. Yeah. But if the Eagles are playing at four, I can actually enjoy the one o'clock games and be like, oh, this is great. I'm ready for my team. I think eight o'clock is where it differs because then it's like all day agonizing whether yep. I like the four o'clock game best for a road game sitting at home. I'm a four o'clock guy. I tell everybody that I, I, I'm the same way. I, I prefer four o'clock because I can still be in the mode. And then, like, if it's a loss, all right, cool. It's six, it's seven o'clock. I can kind of be thrown on. Throw it yeah. on Netflix at that point. Like, you know what I mean? I'll throw on Seinfeld, call it a night or whatever. But, like, if it's at 8 o'clock, all right, cool. It's midnight. I'm pissed off. <laughs> I guess I got to go to sleep. And get, I got to get up at 5. Like, half it. drunk, can't really <laughs> sleep anyway. Cut, wake up wake up 45 minutes later with cotton mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thanks. Yeah, but we'll wrap up. That's it for me. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Seamus from Clancy. Zo at Sweets underscore by underscore zone. Going to the game tomorrow? You know what? I just got a text. Uh, oh. I'm probably, I'm, I am probable. I know you and Ash are going, right? Yeah. I, uh, 
I bought them and then it said Embiid's questionable. So now I'm just, I can't see him not playing. Uh, yeah. Probably probably if you're buying six or tricks ever, you should wait to the day of just in case to see if Embiid's playing or not. Um, but my, my opener biggest, should be a fun. Yeah, it's gonna be oh, it's gonna be super fun. Night, it's be a really, 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 really gorgeous day tomorrow. Um, super fun night, and that is definitely my Sixers ticket buying advice. Wait for the day of because for the next eighty-two games, most likely going to say eighty-one. Excuse me, most likely going to say well, indeed, it's probable. So if you're getting tickets, wait for the day of to see if he actually does play. But I'm pretty sure if a snap of TV is the next hit. He's play. Yeah, they can't not play him. You know he's going to want to play, but there's no way they keep him out. Specifically, just yeah. the way this organization operates. Yeah. Given the primetime game is the Nets, they missed out on the James Harden trade because of Ben Simmons, been, and yeah. Simmons is out and is causing havoc day by yeah. day. So yeah. there's no way he doesn't play. But we'll link up there, and yep. we can talk about it now on next week's pod. Go Birds! Hoping for a road upset. Their, their two wins are on the road this year. Keep it going in Vegas. We come back next week. We're three and four. And we're talking us into some stuff. And we're talking about a brand new life. Yes, new sir. life. Yes. Uh, F. Ben Simmons, Jason Kelsey, Philly King forever. Keep leading green. Peace. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this podcast came from SaaS. Data is everything. And now everything is data which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA.